Hello everyone, before we get started, I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, because of my busy schedule, I've decided to move the podcast release to bi-weekly instead of weekly. Uh, this way we can continue to produce the best show possible and give it the attention it needs. So there won't be an episode next week, but Christina and I will be back for our next theme, Back to Reality, on Monday, September 2nd. If you'd like to participate with us, please upload your photos with the hashtag TP underscore Back to Reality by Friday, August 30th. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and each week I talk to photographers from around the world who are turning Lego, action figures, miniatures, custom creations, and more into amazing works of art. I'd say that my love of Stormtroopers is well documented on this show, and this week I'm talking to a real-life Stormtrooper. Peter Ross, aka Stormtrooper Pete, is a member of the 501st Legion, a nonprofit organization of Star Wars fans who create screen-accurate costumes and attend charity events, conventions, and more. He's also a great toy photographer and the creator of the Saber This app, which makes adding lightsaber effects to your photos a breeze. Pete and I had a great time geeking out about all things Star Wars, so without any further ado, on with the show. Pete, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm a big fan of your work, especially all the Stormtrooper stuff as a Stormtrooper fan myself, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, but um, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. I, I'm great, thank you, and I'm thank you for asking me to join. This is exciting. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, uh, especially about your uh, Saber This app, and I know you just went to Galaxy's Edge. I want to talk to you about that a little bit as somebody who's really jealous and wants to go myself. Yep, that was a blast. Yeah, so I think we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, before we get started on the toy photography stuff, I was kind of going through your Instagram and noticed at the beginning when you started your feed, it was a lot of like you dressed up as a stormtrooper, taking selfies and stuff. Uh, was that the original plan for the account? Yes, that was my my original concept for this account was to be your stormtrooper doing your regular day to day stuff. So my whole idea was I'm going to go out and here, this is, you know, a stormtrooper cutting the grass. This is a stormtrooper shoveling the snow. This is, you know, a stormtrooper going to Starbucks and just all your regular daily routines. I wanted to just, I thought it'd be fun to do it as a stormtrooper because mm -hmm. I, you know, part of it was I had just gotten my costume done. So obviously I was super excited to be able to use it and I wanted to use it as much as I could. And I just thought, Hey, this sounds like fine. Let's make an account that's all goofy stuff of a stormtrooper in real life doing the things that we do for normal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that it started that way, and I had these great ideas to do it that way. But obviously, work and and, and life just kind of didn't allow me to get out and do it as much. So. Yeah, I, I can understand that, and I think it's funny that. Um... That's something that a lot of people do with stormtroopers and toy photography is put them in everyday situations or make them the everyman. So I love that you kind of started that from a personal perspective. You know, you wanted to do that in the real world. I think that's a really cool idea. Thanks. Yeah, that was still the idea. Every now and again, I still get the idea to do it. I, I can't believe you have a, a full costume. I think that's awesome. I've always wanted one myself. Like, how did you get it? Like, I know that um, you're part of the 501st Legion. I want to talk to you about that. I guess, is that kind of where, where that all started? Yeah, so for me, that was that was the starting point. I mean, I've always considered Stormtroopers to be one of, there are many, but one of the iconic images that truly identify the Star Wars if you're like, from a global, any language type perspective. Mm -hmm. So for me, Stormtroopers have always been my favorite. You know, you know, not, not that the dark side is, but it's just the whole concept of that iconic image and being there. So... I am a member of the 501st, very happy to, to have, be able to be a part of that group. It is a fantastic uh, community, very similar to our toy photography community, but it is a fantastic group of people that have a common love for Star Wars and, and being able to share that with everybody, share that with you know young and old alike and with our, not just our group, but externally. The One of the taglines for the 501st is bad guys doing good. Right, because it started off as stormtroopers and you know the the dark side, but there's many other um, groups within the Star Wars uh, um, community that obviously support that. But the whole concept was um, being able to go out and support the community through uh, events, and and it's all volunteer work. It's all people that have 
movie grade realistic costume so they want to maintain that sense of realism for the kids so when you like i would imagine if i were in my younger days after watching empire in the theater if you had me walk down the street and a stormtrooper showed up i'd go ballistic right yeah. i mean <laughs> i might feel that way today to be honest <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say i'd be the same way it's kind of like you know not to jump ahead but when i went to galaxy's edge and i got to i found out that boba fett was there i just I literally hung out for about an hour waiting for him to show up. And then I went <laughs> like, anyways, I'm, I'm digressing. So the, the, the idea there was to have the movie realistic feel so that you, you were able to maintain that realism and that sense of excitement for the kids. So going out and when I'm in costume and doing a troop and, and you get to see the look on everyone's faces, it's, it's certainly it's kids a lot too. Right. And there's still that, that connection to kids. But when you see the look on even some of the older people and it's, it's just awesome. It, 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 when you come out of it, it's just such a fantastic feeling to know that you were able to make people smile like that and have such a good impact. And it's such a way for people to come together. So, it, you know, the people that are in the costumes, the other members of the 501st are fantastic people that just support everything. And it's all volunteer work. It's always driven to help raise money for different charities nobody ever takes any money for anything. So I really love to be able to be a part of a group like that, that really gives back to the community. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, and I, I think it's just such a cool way to, you know, embrace your fandom and your love of this stuff while also giving back to the community and helping those people. As you said, I just think that's amazing. How did you get into doing it? Like how long have you been doing it? Uh, so I, I was officially, um, entered or or my my application was officially approved on i think it was it was like november 1st or 2nd of 2000 was it 17 and so i, I obviously i had the costume done and ready for halloween that year i literally finished the last piece of it around 2 p.m that afternoon with a friend of mine where we were able to say okay now everything's done and assembled i can actually wear it fully complete <laughs> But it was a friend of mine through work that I met, and he happens – he's also a member of the 501st, obviously a huge avid Star Wars fan, and is also an R2 builder. So for me, oh, cool. we yeah, we – he, he was somebody that came in from external um, from in my office, and we started chatting, and someone said, oh, Pete likes Star Wars, and I think, Gary, you like Star Wars too, don't you? And then, of course, then the two of us just you know took off and you know talked about Star Wars and everything. So – one of the great things about Gary, I mean, he's, he's again, he's a really good friend. I'm so glad I met him. Um, he's absolutely completely helped me get my, my costume done. But he was one of the first people to have a fully functional R2 unit. So he's an R2 builder, but he's one of the originals. So he has a fully functional remote-controlled R2 unit that can, you know, his, his uh, third leg can go up and down. He can stand on two legs. It's, so, as a, again, as a Star Wars fan talking to him and seeing him with that that was insane but he was one of the ones that got me started so when i was able to to look and get a uh, costume um he helped me build it so for us it was i bought the kit and then we would just spend some weeknights and weekends building it and you know reminiscing about different things from our childhood around star wars and and that's that's kind of how it got started he got me into it and now here I am. Yeah, that's awesome. How many events have you done? Like, what kind of events do you do? Um, I've done probably about six or seven troops. I, I, to be honest, I don't get out as much as I'd like to. I mean, I want to do more, but I've done Fan Expo here in Toronto a couple times, and that's probably the, that's the biggest event you get in Canada because it's the it's the like the Comic Con, the Fan Expo, the anime. Like, it's it's all of that kind of pop culture coming together as one. Hmm. Um, so doing that, we have an, an, an unbelievable setup there that draws so many kids in to see it. You've got, you know, um, speeder bikes and scout troopers walking around. You've got Vader and Wookiees and just everything. It's, I, again, as a my, for myself as a Star Wars fan, but for others, it's a great event. But I've done that. I've done so many others that I've been able to be a part of, which is great. Um, I, I have a, I have a as being a member of the 501st, you have an official call sign, your designation, which is now mine for life. Hmm. So I've got TK59812, which seems long, but obviously you, you can't get into the, the three-digit numbers. But for me, that's a, 
was fun to be able to pick that because that represents my kid's birthday. So oh, my cool. son and daughter are big Star Wars fans. So I'll be able to have the 5-9, which is my son's birthday, and then the 8-12, which is my daughter's birthday. That allowed it to personalize it as a little bit more too, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. You're you're like get it. I've always kind of been curious about the five hundred first, but I've never talked to somebody that has done it, and I was never really sure what it was. But now I'm like, oh, I got to start googling this and looking into it for myself. It just sounds like such a fun thing to do. It is. It's a again, it's a fun group of people, and and I really applaud if you get a chance to look into it. Is the history of how it was created and and what started to be the two gentlemen who originally started it off. There's a really touching and moving story about what affected them personally in their lives that helped start this kind of whole movement. Uh, it, it's really, it's really great. I, I really encourage anybody to get a chance to look it up. It's, it's very good. Cool. Yeah. I will definitely do it myself and uh, I'll try to find any links and put those in the blog post for this episode. So our listeners can check that out as well. Doing the Stormtrooper thing, starting that Instagram account. How did that then transition into doing toy photography? Uh, yeah. So, as you said, like I started off with this, the concept of being the everyday Stormtrooper. So then, shortly after that, we had a family trip to uh, Jamaica for a wedding. So I thought, oh, it'd be kind of fun. I'll take a couple Lego guys with me. I mean, my son is hugely into Star Wars too, which is awesome. But I decided, okay, let me take a couple Lego guys with me, and I thought it'd be kind of funny to put them in that, you know, kind of beach or wedding environment. I, I don't know why it just prompted me to do that. So early on in my Instagram account, you can see a couple of shots and there's, you know, one that I thought was kind of funny about, I took Vader and a trooper and he was overlooking some mountains and the quote I used was, you know, everything the light touches is your kingdom. <laughs> right. And obviously just a play on words and because of James Earl Jones doing both, you know, Mufasa and, and Vader and mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how I how else I ended it, but it, it just it started off as that. I thought that was kind of fun, and I, I did a couple other pieces. But then somebody gave me a figure for my desk at work because obviously my office, everybody knows that I'm a Star Wars fan. So somebody gave me a figure for my desk for work, and I thought, oh, hey, I'm going to try to take a picture of this. This might be kind of fun. And I had at this point, I had no idea about this massive community. Uh, that that was on Instagram. I thought, you know, Instagram is for, you know, taking pictures of your vacation and your food and, you know, limited things like that, that limited in my knowledge. And then sure enough, I post this and I do. And then my, this is where I'm going to date myself. My niece had to teach me about hashtags. So, <laughs> oh, well, let me do this. Right. So I look at them and then you just get exposed to this. You're like, oh my goodness, look at this and look at what they're doing. And they, they recreated this movie scene and it was just it was fascinating it was just the the level of detail and creativity that went into the people's art that you saw was just amazing so i think from there it just it just you know almost exploded i was mesmerized by it so for me being that again being a big kid still and i still had a lot of my toys from like the old kenner stuff and some stuff that i had bought for my son and i thought oh let me try this so then I, I just I started taking them out and doing little goofy things here and there and realizing that it 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 was fun. Like I was really, really having fun with it and it brought back a lot of memories for me and when I did photography earlier. So being able to kind of have that rekindle that spirit in me and then still have fun with it being Star Wars, it just it it just kinda of blossomed from there. It was really it it's really become for me, it's really become a creative outlet. Yeah, yeah, I totally know the feeling. And it's funny how there there tends to be kind of two camps, right, where there's people who see toy photography and are super inspired by it and get into it themselves, that was me, or people like you who had no idea what it was, started doing it just on a whim, and then discovered the toy photo community. Um, I, I, I just love hearing those different stories from people. You mentioned that yeah, you were you used to do photography before. I was going to ask you about that. Your history with photography. What kind of photography had you done earlier? Did you do it in school? Like, what what is your history with photography? I used to shoot thirty-five millimeter film back in the day. Like, it's you know, you had to go, you had to wait, you had to shoot the the, the images, finish the entire roll of film, then go and wait to get it processed or go process it yourself in a dark room if you were 
if you had the abilities to do that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it's obviously very, very different. Um, but I had, I, I had an SLR, I had several lenses. I, I still have the camera and the lenses because in my head, I'm still going to be, they're manual lenses, they're Minolta, so they should work on the Sony equipment. And I still keep thinking one day I'm going to do it, but <laughs> I, I, I haven't gone and gotten a digital camera for that yet. But I, I did shoot it when I was younger. Um, I did a little bit during school, but most of it was shortly after school. Um, I really got into, I, I think, I, I'm assuming for what a lot of people start is I really got into um, landscape and nature photography. And that's what started it for me. And clearly, um, you see it in my current work still because I, I still love it. But it, even back then is I really love the sunrise, the sunset shots. Like anytime I can get up to see that, I think it's just a it's it's a spectacle of nature of, of what, what we see in, in life. So I I focused a lot on that as when I was younger. And then from there, I developed this passion for black and white. Once I... I understood that you could get just black and white film. Um, I, I really started to gravitate towards black and white. So I just take canisters of black and white 35 millimeter film and just walk the streets hmm. and just, it, it was just random. And I, I, I couldn't remember now if I, if I had to think about it, what prompted me to do that or what, what kind of helped make the decision of, I want to shoot this. I want to shoot that back in the day. But I, I know one thing is I never, for whatever reason, I never took pictures of people, and that's—I know that sounds kind of odd. I, I guess that helps my photography now because I don't have to worry about real people in the yeah, shots. Right. But it—it just—it started out with that, and then I stopped for probably—I don't, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I didn't do anything, and then it, it came back up with, with this. Hmm. That's awesome. Like, was it? Um like falling into old habits when you started doing the photography or were you kind of gravitated towards the same like landscapes, sunsets and sunrises and stuff? Like when you started doing toy photography, what kind of stuff in your uh, photography past like came back up for you? Definitely the sunrise sunset. Again, I think you see that in, I think shots that I like and, and things that I like from other artists. But I think you also see that in my work. I will, uh, a lot of times I'll go out for dawn rides or sunset rides and I'll take my stuff with me and try to get some shots in because I think that's just, again, it's just a magical time for lack of a better phrase to shoot. But I think when I started, I had to, I had to learn how to do things differently because I, I use only my phone, so I don't have a, a DSLR or digital camera or anything. So it was a, it was a change in in approach. I think I had to relearn or reteach myself how to set things up. I I struggled at the beginning because and, and you can see that if you go back and look at your own work, I'm sure you're um, I'm my own worst critic. Oh yeah, I, I myself too. Yeah. I yeah I, I I cringe going back to my earlier stuff, but I I had to approach it differently because again, your scale is obviously completely different. I'm using completely different equipment. I don't have the same lens. I can't get the same, either the macro shot or the wide angle. I don't have the telephoto. Like it was, I was limited. Mm -hmm. So I, I think other than the sunrise sunset, I don't think there was much that really draw, draw me or drew me back to what I was used to shooting. I think for me, it was a completely new approach. And, and it was because of that, I, there was new skills or um, things I had to learn and adapt to. And again, also because I'm only using a phone versus... Uh, DSLR. I've never really done uh, phone photography, um, and I know that uh, with your Saber, this app, it you know it works really well for doing phone photography. But um, yeah, shooting on a, I think you shoot on an iPhone, is that right? Yep. Yeah. So yep. when you started shooting, were you were you on an iPhone, and and how did you kind of get into the the rhythm of it, shooting on a on a mobile? Yeah, so it, it's it's only been an iPhone for me. I mean, I've had an iPhone now for a, a while. I don't I don't remember how many years, but I started with, and uh, I think it was a five, an iPhone five for the first couple months, and then I'd gotten an upgrade, so I was on a an iPhone six S plus, I think it was. Um, I've just recently updated to uh, an XS, but I haven't done anything with that yet. Actually, I still haven't done any photography with that, but it was. It's different. Again, as I said earlier, it was a different approach. I, I think for me, it was 
um, learning what I can do differently. So I think one of the things that the iPhone allows me to do is I can get unique angles on things that you necessarily can't do on with DSLR, right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, obviously with the placement of the lens, I can get different angles. I can go a little bit lower to the ground and shoot up. It just it, it I, I think it was for me it was learning and understanding where I could get those unique approaches. Um, the other thing is that I only use a phone for everything. So for me, nothing ever touches the computer. I develop, I shoot on the phone, I'll do any edits or develop on the phone, and then obviously I publish straight from there. Um, but it was there's, there's trade-off with using a phone versus using a DSLR, obviously, but um, it also allows me to be, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it it's allows me to be more mobile because mm-hmm. I can carry... I, you know, I typically will end up having one or two figures with me here or there. Um, and I can, if you find that unique setting, you find that, hey, that sun's coming in at just the right angle, or I really like this, you know, this four setting, I can quickly go out and shoot and, and take five minutes. And I'm not having to carry a, the gear, the camera, or anything with me because the phone's always with you, right? And right. I'm sure yeah. like most people. So I, it's just for me, it's just, okay, do I have one or two figures with me which can go in my work bag or in a knapsack or, or anywhere? So I've always got that option. It, it just, I think it gives me that opportunity to be able to capture those unique scenarios that you necessarily wouldn't be able to do unless you wanted to carry your gear with you, right? Carry your right. camera with you. <laughs> yeah, that's something I've struggled with as somebody who primarily shoots you know, on a DSLR and inside my studio. I've always liked the idea of carrying toys around with me and shooting them on the go and and, you know, shooting on my phone and stuff, but I've just never really, I've never really done that. You know, it's just not in my comfort zone, but it's something I've mm. always wanted to do. And, and the work you've done is just amazing. I was honestly a little surprised when I, when I read that you shoot on an iPhone, not, you know, obviously those are great cameras and people do amazing stuff with mobile, but I, I was just, you know, surprised by, by the, the range that you're able to get in your photos and the depth of field and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so you're, you're using the phone camera really, really well. Thank you. Thank you. I think one of the things I would say that helps me is, and I hope people at Apple don't get mad at me, but I I don't use the native Apple camera or the native Apple camera app. So one of the things I do is I use an app called Camera Plus. And the reason why I use that one, this is just the one that I've gravitated to. I've tried others and others support this, but it allows me to capture raw images. So from there, I can... I can then develop it. And, you know, and I say that now, and, and I will say that to answer one of your, your earlier questions, that is there anything that takes me back to my old days? And I think this is it, because when I have that raw image, I have to then develop it. And that does take me back a little bit to the darkroom days when you're pro- processing film. And you're having to go, you know, through the different solutions. But I think using the Camera Plus app and shooting in RAW, I can get a little bit more range and dynamic on my images that I can tweak it to how I want it. I'm not necessarily relying solely on, here's how the, their camera app um, process the image. So I'll, I'll use that camera app, I'll then develop it in an, another app called Snapseed because I find that gives me the, the most opportunity. Again, there's other apps that other people use and they're great. Um, I've tried others, but I I gravitate to Snapseed, and then from there I'll post. Um, and then I I think one of the other things that helps me and I it helps me, but it, I think it challenges me is I try as much as I can, and most times I won't use any guide wires or poster stands. So my figures, everything's balanced, oh, which wow. <laughs> is is I set myself up for such angst some days because they won't <laughs> nothing will stand up and right. <laughs> it but at the same time it, it also limits I, I don't have to rely on so many edits right so i'm not right. taking away from anybody who does that and some of the people that what they can do with things like photoshop and how they can edit wires out and there's apps that can do this and i've you know there's sometimes when i have to you know if i'm shooting the speeder bike i for the most times i have to use a stand right so you can edit some of these things out but I try not to do that because for me, I want to reduce the amount of editing that I end up having to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that also helps me because I'm doing everything on, like I said, on the phone directly. But certainly using the, the raw image file is a big plus for me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just looking through some of your feed now, now that you're saying that you don't use wires or anything, I'm really impressed by that because a lot of your photos have multiple stormtroopers in them and stuff. You know, yeah. you'll have like a troop of like five or six troopers and a do-back and, and really yeah. complicated, crowded setups, you know, and uh, I can just imagine one figure falls over and knocks the other ones down and the domino effect happens like that happens to me all the time oh, and i'm only yeah. usually shooting with like top like at the most three figures or something in a photo so uh it's really impressive that that you're able to to balance all of that oh i'm, I'm sure if some people heard me on some photo shoots they'd they'd laugh because you just <laughs> it's exactly that you'll have that okay i'm ready and then i'll 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 you know, I've got the guy set up and then you go to get down to that one angle and then one guy slowly starts to fall and then it's like, it, it can be like 10 minutes of just uh, frustration, but it's fun. You know, it's, 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 it, this is meant to be fun. So at the end of the day, it's all fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it gives your photos too a really like natural feeling quality. I really like that a lot of your photos look like, um, you know, they're actually out there in the wild and you're just somebody who, you know, happened to capture them at sunset or something like that. That's one thing I really like about your, your artistic oh. style. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much. So, yeah, you shoot Star Wars a lot. Obviously, Star Wars has had a huge impact on you. Um, but you also shoot other toys and brands as well, sometimes like Marvel stuff, I've noticed. Are there certain like Star Wars figures you gravitate to most or, or toys that you like? or, or... Yeah, I'd say it's Star Wars. I, I mean, obviously, that's a big part of... For me, it's a big, big part of my life. I know it, it was growing up as a kid. It's I've had that... I had the the return of Star Wars when they announced the prequel trilogy and then when Disney bought it and it's been something that our, my family has been supportive of and they've gravitated to and my, you know, my kids like it, which has been great. So we get to experience all that. But I mean, Star Wars certainly is what I gravitate to. I, I think in my head, maybe I struggle with doing other things. I've, I've tried doing, you know, like, you know, like Spawn or I, I just posted today, for example, I just posted uh, my first ever Cyclops shot and, and, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, is this right? Is I don't know. Like I look at other people's work, and I try to get inspiration from that. But I, I obviously tend to gravitate towards Star Wars clearly because that's obviously also most of what I, I have available. But I think if you look at what figures I gravitate to, gravitate towards, obviously the the Stormtrooper, the Empire side is the bulk of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, I, as I said earlier, I think the the Stormtrooper is such an iconic image within Star Wars, right? You know it. And even if I have a silhouette, like if you had a silhouette of some of the other characters, you may not necessarily know them um, or be able to as easily identify them. But, I, I, you know, a silhouette of a Stormtrooper or a Sand Trooper, uh, even a Scout Trooper, you, you know what they are. You know exactly what they are. So I tend to lean towards those. Um, they're just, again, it's just a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm I'm a huge Stormtrooper fan myself. What is it about Stormtroopers? Um, a, a big part of it seems to be the design. You really like the design, but are there other things or other reasons why you gravitate towards those characters? Oh, you know what? I I it's probably just that simple. Where it's I like the design. I, I'm a member of the Five Hundred First. I'm a TK unit myself. I think maybe that's just it. I'm a creature habit I, I guess i don't know it just seems all gravitate towards that i, I really just like those images um you know you, you've got others like i said you've got you can i have others obviously i've got a lot and you as you've got, you said yourself you've gone through my feed and you know you, you can look at you know r2 or c3po are, are as iconic um vader's just as iconic you know anything like that but yeah i just they they just they just call to me as just yeah I'm the same way. There's just something about them. And I love all of yeah. the different tr- trooper variants that we get. Uh, especially, you know, every time we get a new movie, they throw in a new stormtrooper design or something. Uh, yeah, that's especially right. lately, you know, it's just, it's really fun to see the, um, see how much the filmmakers and stuff are really embracing stormtroopers and using them. And now that we're seeing uh, prequels and sequels and stuff, we're getting, you know, multiple different kinds of troopers every year or something, you know, it's, it's yeah. really cool to see them uh, continue to use stormtroopers in, a, in an exciting way. Yeah. And even like you said, like you, with the other movies, so even when you look at things like, you know, Rogue One had a little bit, right. You mm-hmm. obviously you've got some in there and then you've got stuff from solo too. And you're going to have stuff from the cartoons, right. When you look at rebels and, 
it's yeah, it's great because it, it just gives you so many options, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just always fun for me to, to to see what the new stormtrooper design is, or what the new um, angle that they're shooting for, or something like that, or, or the new terrain that they're putting a stormtrooper in, and then designing the armor around that. Like you mentioned, yeah, Solo, I, I loved those uh, range troopers with the big fur coats and the gravity yeah. boots and stuff. It's just such a cool idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, besides like the traditional stormtrooper, sandtrooper, scout troopers, what uh, what kind of trooper designs are your favorites? I. I really like the tank trooper from Rogue One. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I Rogue One overall, I loved, and I, I think maybe you know, not to digress from your question, but I, I think because that took us back to the original trilogy era. Yes. You know, and then that that ending scene when Vader just does what Vader does, and we got to really see it this time, and then leading up to the Tantive Four, and then you know that that the next scene literally is the opening scene of of A New Hope. Like that was that was great. So I I, I like. I, I like what they brought in. I like the tank troopers that they brought in um, for Rogue One. The shore trooper, again, I think I, I prefer the tank trooper. I still like the shore trooper. I think that was a, a, another great one. I'm not as big on the first order troopers mm-hmm. um, for some reason. I, I they just didn't seem to call to me as much. One, uh, and I, again, I think it's just because I'm so embedded in the in the origin and the root, but. Um, the, the other ones that I'd love to see more of, and I, I don't own it and I'd love to get one, but is the, the 501st, mm-hmm. you know, so if, and again, maybe that's because I'm in the 501st, but I, I would like to see more of those somehow in, in, in our community, if that was possible, but someone's got to make them. Yeah, yeah. Either you know somebody's got to make a toy that we can all buy, or they need to exactly. put them in one of these new Disney Plus shows, or a new movie, or, or just yeah. something. You know, get get those yeah. get those characters back, or put them in a video game or something. You know? Exactly, exactly. Let's talk about the Saber This app because it's such a cool app. Can you explain first of all for people who are listening that may not know what it is, what the Saber This app is? Yes, thanks. Uh, so Saber This is an iOS app that allows users to quickly and easily add lightsaber effects to their images. And it, it's for any image. So you can use it for toy photography. You can use it for cosplay. You can use it for the time you're down at Fan Expo or San Diego Comic-Con. And you, you, meet, you meet up with folks and you want to add that just that little bit of touch. You can do it to <laughs> cutting the turkey at Thanksgiving. You know, it, it's just, it, you can add a lightsaber effect to any image. Um, and it my intent behind that was to solve an issue that I was having because I'm doing toy photography and I'm trying to take a picture of Vader and I have no way to add a, a really cool lightsaber effect on the phone. It, it didn't exist. And you could do it through other means and other, other um, uh, applications on your computer. But I was trying to do something that didn't have the high cost of investment from a, a, a either like an actual cost so that the to purchase the program like a photoshop or something similar mm-hmm. and you didn't have to have the skill set so it was designed with the intent of saying hey anybody can do it in literally like 30 seconds yeah and i know that the app is uh preloaded with a, a few different variations of the saber and colors and stuff like that too so i really like the flexibility that you've included in the app as well Ah, good. Thanks. Yeah, I I wanted to make sure that we got something that spoke to the what you saw for the most part in in the movie. So I've, you know you've got your regular blade. I've got I think the presets are the red, the blue. Um, I have the dark saber from Rebels because I was a huge Rebels fan, and being able to see that and put that into into um, images was great. So I have a dark saber on there, and then I also have Kylo saber because that one is unique very tricky given how it emits its its energy or you know on the three prongs that one's really tricky but you can customize them to be any color so if you wanted to create a purple blade for reven or for um um mace windu mace windu thank you my gosh i (laughs) drew a blank there but yeah you can do that if you wanted to create the green saber for um luke's saber you can do that and you you can create anything so ahsoka's you, you just name it right it I've got the whole color wheel on there. And one of the things, again, for me, trying to solve it was great for it was a great opportunity, I think, for me to say, I need to solve a problem that I'm having. So I'm not right. trying to tell someone else, hey, let me fix your problem for you, or 
hey, you've got this problem. Here's how you solve it. But I was trying to solve it for me. So I was able to say, well, this is what I would want to do. So one of the things I made sure that we had was not only just the variation of sabers and and it was also the variation of color. So you can customize it in any way, but you can also save it. So you can have that consistency. So I've got my maul blades or my Reven blades and my Soka blades, and I have them so I know that's the exact color that I want. And then I can save it. So on all future pictures, I'm getting that consistency of the blade, oh, nice. which is which is one of the things I wanted to make sure that that we did. And again, the other thing is it had to be quick and easy. It had to be intuitive. So I didn't want that high cost of entry or that high cost of knowledge to be able to do it. So I had to make sure that it was as intuitive as I could possibly make it. Yeah, and I think you've done a great job. How did you actually develop the app itself? I, I have no idea how you make an app. <laughs> um, so I, I I don't code it myself. Um, I ended up working with a friend um, who's a developer, and it's done um, – it, it, I think it's like taking anything else. So you go through your requirements and understand, okay, what's, what's the issue? How do I want – what's the end? Like, how do I want the end to solve for? Mm -hmm. And then trying to work through the different iterations. So, um, it was literally going through and I used other apps to try to help me get my head around. Okay, well, I like how this works or I don't like how this works. So if I wanted to do this, what would I want to do? Well, one of the things I want to do, and again, I, I use the example is I wanted to make sure I was able to customize the color and save the blade. Like those were critical for me because I wanted that consistency. So, okay, well, Let's think about how do we want to take this approach. Okay, well, I want to have flexibility to um, change the obviously the width or the length of the blade, but not just the blade itself, but the um, the gradient of the color, the gradient of the glow that goes around the blade. So each piece has the ability, if you wanted to, to be customized. Mm -hmm. So I can change the width of the saber or I can change the width of the glow that goes around the saber. So it was just it was thinking through those iterations again as a as an end user which was i think unique that i was trying to solve for myself but it was thinking yeah. through those iterations in terms of how do i think i want to use it because i think that's how other people are going to want to use it to some degree yeah i think that's the best way to approach especially an app like this that is so specific you know that you were you were somebody who was obviously a big Star Wars fan, taking toy photos, wanted to add them to your own photos. So I love that you were able to kind of test, you know, use yourself as a guinea pig basically for this. Yeah. App and, and really. It, it, the end goal was, yeah, was to, to, was to help myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just love that. I think that's it was a really smart approach and something that has definitely helped uh, the success of the app. So, And, and I know that you also um, donate a chunk of the proceeds from the app to charity too. Yes, I do. So, um, it, again, trying to draw back a little bit to what the 501st does is I saw an opportunity here to say, look, I, I, can, I can solve an issue. I can try to help provide a tool for the community. And obviously the, the, the intent initially was lightsabers because that was the, the principal use within my photography. But you could do other things with them. And I've seen people use it as um, – eyes on a predator or like i did today I, I posted the optic blast for cyclops right his his eye beam or whatever yeah the, i thought that was really cool the technical term is and i've seen people use it as the the um engine um i guess or propulsion exhaust if you will for the millennium falcon or as blaster bull so it's been great to see how other people have been able to be creative with it as well but um the the piece around charity was as I saw this opportunity to provide a tool for the community, I said at the same time, I want to be able to give back to the community. So it's not just I'm not I'm not out here trying to you know make a, a lot of money on this. It was an opportunity for me to be able to give back to the community the same way that others have done, in the same way, for example, that the Five First and and the volunteers who do all their troops do. So for me, it was an easy decision to pick that. Um, approach was to donate to charity and I donate to sick kids hospital here in Toronto. They are um, a, a fantastic establishment. Um, they're world renowned. They do a, an absolute ton of work, but it's also a, a, a personally connected to our family where 
My nephew,、uh, when he was younger, spent six months there on an autoimmune deficiency that was literally killing him. It was his own body was attacking him and attacking his spinal cord. They at first thought it was meningitis, and then they realized it wasn't. It was something different. And you know, he was in a coma for a little while, and you know, not not, not to get into it all, but they 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 helped bring him out of it, right? And they helped save him. So. There, there's a personal connection for us and our family to be able to do that. And one of the things was when I was developing this app and this concept is I, I was very clear to my nephew to say, "Look, I'm. I, I want you to understand. I'm. I'm going to do this, but I'm also going to support sick kids. And it's because of you. And it's because of what they do for people like you and so many, so many other families. I wanted to make sure I was able to, to donate back to them somehow. So it, it, it was an easy decision.、Um, Once I started realizing that okay, this is not just an idea; this is actually going to come to life. And for me, it was being able to give back to the community because that's I, I think if we have the opportunity to do that, then I think we we should do that. I I, I believe in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do too, and I, I think that's amazing.、Uh, thank you for doing that, and and、mm. um, yeah, and I hope that people continue to download the app and and help support that because、uh, it's just yeah, it's amazing. So thank you. Also, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about Galaxy's Edge. I know that、uh, you, you just got back from there. I've seen a, a bit of your Instagram feed, and I was、uh, just so jealous because, as a <laughs> lifelong Star Wars fan myself, and somebody who r- really wants to go there but probably isn't going to be able to anytime soon,、um, I thought it would be a fun opportunity to talk to you about it a little bit, just about your experience and and what you thought of the park. So, so how was it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> you know it. it You know, we kind of touched on this earlier. I'm obviously a lifelong Star Wars fan.、Um, you know, I, I, I was four years old when you know. So I'll date myself, right? It doesn't matter.、Um, I didn't get to see A New Hope or Star Wars. It wasn't called A New Hope.、Uh, I didn't get to see that in the theater, but I got to see Empire in the theater. And obviously, I got to watch Star Wars in, in、uh, on home on VHS, and it's it's just been a part of me ever since, right? Like、mm. every it. I, I am truly committed to the cause, if you will. But <laughs> I, I think not. Not to get into too much、um, backstory there, but when we first the, fir- the the idea first came out and or was announced that hey we're going to do Star Wars Land, obviously you're just you're like ah this is amazing I'm going to love this it's going to be so great. But I didn't think I would actually get to go. I mean we we've, we've been to Disney with the kids a couple times, but I did not think I was going to get a chance to go. And then lo and behold, my niece. Announces her wedding. She says, "Okay, here's the date." And then we realize, "Oh my goodness, Galaxy's Edge is going to open before that." Do you think it's actually possible we're going to get in there? Like this is this this is really going to come to life? So that whole day or leading up to it, I, I was, I, I, I was giddy. I, I, it was it was ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, it'd be like you know my son. Okay, you know you're going to have a huge birthday party tomorrow, right?、And、you're just excited with it, and then we got there, and I just, I just lost it. Like it, as a fan, it was awesome. Like it was just so good, and be, you know, the the level of detail that they went into on on everything, like the the buildings, the the droids, the ships, the the lines. Like as you wait in line, so if, as you wait in line to do Smuggler's Run, for example, where you fly the Millennium Falcon. Outside, obviously, they have the the, the life size Millennium Falcon. When you walk around the corner, you see that you're just, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Because <laughs> again, the detail that they got into was absolutely amazing. Like you, you even have the、um, the exhaust pipes working. You've got steam vents coming off, and it's making sounds. And you're just, they they, I mean, it's Disney. They they do it right. They know that. Yeah. But as you're walking the lines, because you know there's 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 an art or there, there's a real.、Um, Engineering aspect that goes into how they cue the lines and make people walk through and see this and nothing looked brand new and I know that doesn't that doesn't that sounds odd, but they got all the the weathering right so the the, the railings were weathered and a little bit rusted the walls were not crisp and clean they were they were grimy and and dirty I mean obviously it's not like you got dirt on your hands you know right right but that detail of this is how it should look like you don't want the Millennium Falcon looking. You know, crisp, clean, like it just came out of the the shop, right? And the the lineup of things that they, they go through, and the the detail on the building, like some of the buildings were crumbling, and it's exactly the way you should 
expect it to look like if you're on Tatooine, if you're on you know Batu, or you're on um, Jakku, like it, it's exactly the way you think it should look. It should not look brand new, like it was just built and has only been open for three weeks. And that that detail that they got just made it so good. So it, it, it again, it was as a fan, it was awesome, right? Yeah. So as an as an older fan, it was awesome. But one of the other things that I really give them credit for, and they did such a great job, is when you spoke to any of the the um, the people, the, the the cast members, right, that they call them, they weren't cast members. They were people from another world. They were people that had their own backstory. So it's not like if you went there, you know, if you go to other places, you see, you know, my name's Peter from Toronto or, you know, I'm James from, wait, is it Portland, right? Sorry. Uh, Vancouver, <laughs> right? yeah. <close> Vancouver. <laughs> so you, you, you would see that on their name tags. You don't see that in Galaxy's Edge. You know, they had a name and they're from, a you know, a, a different planet and they have their own backstory. You could ask them, hey, what's your story? And they would tell you, oh, I'm from here, I'm from there. And it was all within the Star Wars universe. And that was so cool because you it, it helped immerse you in that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they did other things like, you know, my, my daughter's six turning seven. So at one point there's a bunch of um, resistance members that are standing around the edge of a building and they're looking around and you can see they're very, they're looking obviously very um, suspiciously, like they're on the lookout for something and they're watching and then in other areas, they have uh, stormtroopers patrolling. So you think, oh, that's funny. They're watching for each other. Ha ha, right? It's kind of neat. But then you realize there's somebody digging into the side of the wall and they're looking out. So they took my daughter and they said, we need your help. You're small. You got to come and help us. <laughs> so then they brought her into their story and they explained to her, okay, well, here's what we're doing. Now you got to watch out for these guys and we're trying to get in here and you've got to help us pick this lock and I'm too big. I can't fit. So can you go and do this for us? So they, they, they bring you into their story and their their mission. And it's just like stuff like that is awesome. Like it, it, it just again, it just helps really sell that experience, mm-hmm. was, was, which was so good. They just Disney does it right. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, especially like we're used to seeing people in parks that are dressed up as characters. You know, it's like, oh, here's Snow White or here's, you know, the people from Frozen or here's whoever, you know. So we're used to seeing that kind of stuff in theme parks. But something like this that's totally immersive, just and so immersive in the Star Wars land, too, and and the Star Wars universe that that we all know so well to to have something like that I, I can't even imagine how cool it is and, and hopefully i get to go someday someday i'm sure i will um once the lines die down and, and all that yeah it was great i really it was it was great that's all i can say it was great not just as a fan but like as a photographer and and as um you know an, an artist did you were you inspired by anything in galaxy's edge or did it did it give you any ideas for future shots or anything like that yeah, you know what? Actually, that's a that's a, it's a great question, and and yes, it did because again, you look at the detail that they put into things. I mean, it's they they put a lot. There's a lot of stuff in there, um, but when you look at some of the things that they did in the um, like the marketplace area, or in between the buildings, and how they got some some added details to things, was really really neat. So it, it just for me, it gave me ideas of. Okay, if I add, I can add a little tweak to uh, this diorama, right, or or that. Um, one of the things that I have to figure out how to do it, but they in, in their marketplace area, so it's just it's you know it's a big area where they've got a bunch of different shops together. It's all obviously all open, but they have all of these banners and flags and everything running across from roof to roof, as opposed to it just being open. So that gives you a little bit of shade, but still lets in obviously some of the sun. And I remember thinking, oh, that is really neat because I could, in my head, I started thinking, I can use this diorama. And if I took some flags, it's just not, not even have to be some flags, but some raggedy cloths. And I, you know, maybe dyed them or stripped them and made them look a little rugged and ripped and, and worn and, you know, rubbed them in dirt or something like that to give them that weathering effect. Mm-hmm. I could string them across the walls that I have and have that same effect so that the, the diorama that I use is typically always done indoors or at least at a window at the very least so I can get try to look at some natural light. But here I'm thinking, no, I can actually take this and do a real outdoor shot and get that that effect of what you had inside Galaxy's Edge. So, yes, absolutely, it gave me ideas on, on different things that I could do. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for the point where uh, more toy photographers get to go to Galaxy's Edge and start taking toy photos <laughs> somehow <laughs> in the park. I just, I'm sure that's going to happen inevitably. <laughs> but, but I love that you were able to take stuff home with you, you know, ideas home with you to to implement in your work. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I did. I thought about taking a couple figures with me, but I did not. I thought, you know what, I. I, I don't think I can do that with, you know, especially with the family and saying, okay, guys, we got to stop doing this because I want to, you know, <laughs> play with my toys. So Yeah, it's hard enough to, to do a toy photo shoot by yourself in your own environment, you know, somewhere, but to do it yeah. in that crowded place. And especially like it's your first experience there too. You want to experience it for yourself and not be thinking about all these other things. But, uh, yes. but yeah, I'm sure eventually like once it's open for a few years and, and it's less exciting, people are going to start going in there and, and getting some great shots of the Falcon and stuff like that. It, it can, is that possible to say that Star Wars could be less exciting? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Especially, you know, uh, I know they're building another Galaxy's Edge at the, I think, in Disney World. And, and so yep. I know that, that they're definitely going to have plans to expand all that stuff, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, and to your point, like if you look at what the futures holds, right? I'm sure they clearly have space, if you will, right? That we, we just can't see that is going to allow them to expand and, and put more worlds as they start to introduce, I guess, more worlds in the Disney, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see Batu on, in like Rise of Skywalker or, or something, you know, if they're going to start incorporating mm. Galaxy's Edge itself into, I know they're doing a books and stuff like that they're gonna incorporate galaxy's edge and i know they already have a few comics and stuff so it's cool that because the park itself is in universe they get to mix and match and really insert it here and there and and that's one of the most exciting things about star wars right now i guess it's just how much they're able to kind of play around with that stuff and 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 tie things in and, and expand other you know corners of the star wars universe yeah i agree that's true This has been so fun just geeking out with you about Star Wars and Troopers, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I could talk to you all night, but um, thank you so much for doing this interview. I want to ask, uh, you know, where can people find your work online, and then if they want to check out the Saber This app, where, where, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, thanks. So you, my personal page is um, very originally named. It's at Stormtrooper underscore Pete. Um, that was an easy one for me to name. <laughs> and then my Saber This page is at uh, is at Saber This, so S-A-B-R-E-T-H-I-S. Um, and you can find both of those there. Uh, you can search for Saber This on the, I- on the Apple App Store um, just by typing in Saber This and it will come up. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again for doing this. This was so fun. And uh, I look forward to seeing all of the great uh, new Stormtrooper shots that you've got planned for us. Thank you very much. I I had a blast. And again, as you said, I think we could geek out all night about Star Wars. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Like when they announced that the prequel trilogy was coming out again, obviously that just brought back this whole, oh my gosh, opportunity. You know, as a, as a fan, you're like, this is great. They're going to bring back more stuff, and you, you have no idea what they're going to do, but this is just going to be awesome. So I worked for Blockbuster Video at that time, and if you remember, again, just not to date myself, but they're way back when. So we had we were selling a lot of the merchandise, and obviously selling a lot of the different things. So one of the things when I was at, at that point in time, I was going to conventions, I was meeting different people. So, you know, I've been able to fortunate that I've been able to meet like David Prowse and Jeremy Bullock and Peter Mayhew, oh, wow. um, which is, is, is really cool because they're they're I can't say enough about some of these guys. Right. They're so open and willing to spend time with the fans and talk to the fans and answer the questions. And I'm sure they've told the same story and heard the same question a million times over, but they still say it with that same um, just excitement and passion. It was, it was awesome. So, you know, being able to meet guys like that, 
But one of the people I got to meet was Ray Park, which was awesome, right? Oh, so nice. meeting Ray Park as Darth Maul, um, you know, when that was coming out and and that scene, the, the duel of the fates in Phantom Menace was like just bone chillingly awesome back then, right? Because it's you, such an epic lightsaber scene, right? And mm-hmm. the musical, the musical score that John Williams brought to that. I mean, John Williams is, uh, I, oh my gosh, you, you, we can't say enough about what he's done just for the movie industry, right? As a oh, whole yeah. and what he's done for music. So I was a huge John Williams fan growing up. Um, so it was great to have him there, but what he did with Duel of Fates and that whole scene was amazing. So Ray Park, you're, you're just, you're I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I got to meet Ray Park. It was really, really cool. So one of the things that I love is again he's another guy he's so open to talking to people and everything so he was in town filming i i don't remember what else he was filming life for me i can't remember now but anyways he was in town filming so he would go to the one of the blockbuster stores so Hmm. i i I got to meet him there again at the store and this was not at a not at a convention this was just he happened to be in the store very casual and you're like oh yeah right mark this is cool right so you got to chat with him for a few minutes so as I said, we were selling merchandise. So I have this little cardboard cutout that's, you know, it's about, I don't know, 10, 12 inches tall. I don't know. And it's, it's sent. So he signed that cutout of, of, uh, Darth Maul. And it says to Peter, feel the force from Ray Park, AKA Darth Maul. <laughs> so I just, I, I always like telling that story because as a fan growing up and then you got to meet this guy who was just awesome at the time. Again, mm-hmm. just, you know, fan to fan. That was just one thing that I, I when you asked about, you know, growing up, I thought, or your your had your background with Star Wars. I think, oh, I gotta remember this one. This was really really cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's it's cool that you were in a place where you you could just run into Ray Park. You know? <laughs> yeah, especially at that time, right? Like he oh, was, because yeah. he was doing that. He was doing um, X Men. I think mm-hmm. it was around the same time, right? Yeah, As, I think X Men came out the year late a year later when he was towed. So maybe okay, so maybe that's what he was filming. Maybe that's what he was in, in town filming. But yeah, it was it was great. It was oh, great. I bet. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that Ray Park is somebody who, you know, the prequels say what you will about their quality and all that stuff. But I love that Ray Park has really stood the test of time and is still awesome and came back in solo to do be Darth Maul again. And, and I oh. hope they find a way to, to continue that somehow. You know, well, that just, would be great. Yeah, because he just seems like such a cool guy. Um and and that's just such an amazing character. You mentioned Rebels earlier. I love Rebels, and I oh. loved all the Darth Maul stuff in Rebels too. That was just so cool to see that character come back. So I really hope that they find a way to bring Ray Park back into things. Yeah, I I did not watch um, Clone Wars, so I, I watched the first one. Like, when, remember? I don't know if you remember this, but they introduced it in like what is it like two three minute segments over time? Yeah, right. Yeah. That first movie. Mm-hmm. So I I watched that, but I never watched the TV series when they did it because it for I don't know for whatever reason it never it never called to me and it was my son once he started getting back when he started really started getting into this he started watching Rebels and he's like oh you got to watch or uh, sorry we're still watching Clone Wars he's like you got to watch this so I watched a couple episodes with them and I again I wasn't really drawn to it but then we watched Rebels and the 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 character development and the story arc the mastery that Dave Filoni put into Rebels is is was outstanding. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until that finished where I said, well, hang on a second. Maul's, like he, it, what they did with his character, I, I need to go back to, to Clone Wars and watch. And then you got to see how they treated him in Clone Wars and that story arc, I think it was around season four. Just brilliant, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I think there's so much that they can tell with Maul's story. Oh, yeah. I would love to see it. Yeah, I would too. And, and, you know, there's obviously that big chunk of time between like Solo and Rebels where he's doing the Crimson Dawn thing and and it's like, yeah. OK, wh- like what is going on here with him? You know, and I I'm, luckily he's such a popular character that I think it's inevitable that we're going to see something about yeah. him. I would love if they found a way to do like a Disney Plus show or something or, or oh. I, I would be even fine with just a comic or something. But I think one of those shows on Disney Plus would be awesome. And you can get Ray Park to do it. Bring back Amelia Clark, you know, from, oh. you know, just like have a solo sequel based on them, but on Disney Plus or something. I just that would be <sighs> Yeah, it'd yeah, be I, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping because they've announced so many of those Marvel uh, MCU shows that are on Disney Plus, I'm hoping that once The Mandalorian kicks off that and everybody loves it, that they'll start greenlighting all these other Star Wars things too. Because I, I honestly think that could be like the future of Star Wars on TV, just because oh. you can do so many things on such a smaller budget and stuff like that. So, so hopefully, you know, we'll see. 
And yeah, and, and to your point, like Maul's got is it nine years or ten years almost of that whole story yeah, I think arc, so. mm-hmm. right? With the syndicate. Yep. There, there's so much that you could do there because it's it's just you, we already know we are, we we know where point A is and we know where point B is, and you got to fill the in between. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you such options, and to not have to try to do that in a movie, like in the span of two or two and a half hours. As you said, like if you've got more time to do it on a TV show, I love that idea. That's great. Yeah. So if you ever run into Ray Park again, try to <laughs> ask him. Yeah, I'll about do that. that. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you again. This was really fun. Like I said, I could just keep talking to you all night about Star Wars stuff. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I tend to ramble on when it comes to this Oh, no, no. no. I, I'm happy that we got to talking about this. This was fun. So. I, really, I, I was really honored that you asked me. I really, really appreciate that.